If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. $900,000 from one affiliate partner. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. Affiliate marketing, great business. Uh, you know, help people make their decisions, point them to the products that are going to help them and then earn a commission on those referrals. But most affiliate marketers, and I'll include myself in that bucket, they you know, don't push it as far as they could. They don't put as much effort as they could into those campaigns. And as a result, uh, you know, cut themselves short um, of the results that they could see if they just went a little bit deeper. Now, today's guest is going to break down what that looks like in practice and the specific tactics that you can use to earn more commissions and better serve your audience at the same time, because the difference isn't a 15% you know, incremental lift. It might be 10x uh, results. Um, so Matt Wolf is here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to dig in on this stuff. Uh, likewise. So Matt is a longtime friend. I'm a little bit embarrassed. It's taken almost 10 years uh, to get him on the show. But when I saw his post on kind of advanced affiliate marketing, I knew it would be the framework for a really interesting uh, conversation. So mattwolf.com is where you can find him, futuretools.io is where you can find him online looking at all the cool new AI tools over there. So all, closing in on a million dollars from this one affiliate product. And we're going to go look at through through the lens of your Thrivecart promotion efforts. So this is a essentially like online shopping cart software. Yes. Right, right. Yep. Uh, shopping cart and affiliate management platform, I'd call it. So what made you decide like, yes, I am going all in on this or or, or was it all in from the beginning? You started to see a little bit of uh, traction with your audience and say like, oh, people are really digging this. Yeah, I mean, it didn't start as going all in on it. So Josh Bartlett, the creator of Thrivecart, him and I were already friends when he launched it. So we kind of masterminded with each other from time to time. We'd jump on Skype calls and bounce ideas around of how to better market our products and, and things like that. So I actually had a previous relationship with the creator of the product before he launched it. And when he launched it, he said, hey, here's what I'm planning on doing. Would this be something you'd in be interested in You know, talking about and maybe doing an email to your list? or something. And I went, yeah, sure. This sounds really cool. And that, that was kind of the, the introduction to it was I mailed my list to it. And, um, right in the beginning, it, it already was sort of a hit. And maybe what's unique about this is at least from my perspective is it's sold as a one-off uh, purchase instead of every other SaaS company is like, no, we're going to get you with the recurring revenue side of things. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and that's one of the huge selling points, right? That's what made it sort of an easier product to promote is everybody else that was doing something similar was trying to do that monthly fee. And I was able to jump in with the angle of, hey, stop paying monthly. Here's, you know, a better alternative. Okay. And so instead of, and then on the affiliate side, probably a one-off, uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but like it's going to be a one-off payment versus that recurring commission. Right, right. Yeah. So it was paying off a 50% commission. It would just be a one-off. And that was sort of, I don't know if you want to look at it as downside, but if you look at most monthly memberships, a lot of times the monthly memberships are, you know, there might only be a two or three month retention on some of those memberships. So if you look at what you'd earn on the lifetime versus what you'd earn on a typical monthly membership, it actually still you know, pans out. So let's say something was a a $99 a month membership, but somebody only stuck around with it for three months, right? I would make $50 over three months. That's $150. Now, Thrivecart was a $600 product that I made 50% up front. So right off the bat, I would be making the same as if somebody stuck around with that other product for six months. So if you kind of work the math a little bit, it starts to make a little more sense. Yeah. And if people are tuning in and thinking, okay, this is interesting, we'll get into all the specific tactics. But part of it up front is kind of doing that product selection or niche selection research where it doesn't make sense to go out and build a dedicated website, build a YouTube channel like for a 4% commission Amazon a product, unless you're really hoping to play the volume game. Here. <laughs> so trying to like, if you do you have any criteria or words of advice for people, you know, maybe looking to replicate this with a software tool that they love. Yeah, I mean, you said it right there is one thing is it's got to be a tool you love, right? Like I I couldn't go deep on a product if it wasn't something I wanted to use myself that I didn't love myself that, you know, if if you're going to go that deep and like you said, create a YouTube channel around it, create a whole blog around it. I even created a Facebook group around it. You've got to want to talk about that product. So that's that's kind of like criteria A. But B would be, you know, you you want the commissions to make sense. So a 4% Amazon commission doesn't make sense. Um, A lot of software tools will offer anywhere from 30 to 50%. So I always personally liked software. Um, Even to this day, a lot of the affiliate stuff that I'm doing is all very focused on software. So it's tools that I would use, software with good commissions, and then I kind of want it to be a higher ticket product. You know, if, if it's something that I use, it doesn't really matter that much. But obviously, the, the more the product costs, the more the commission is. So the more the economics start to work out when you get into things like advertising. Yeah, and you can become the go-to expert in this space, what is kind of what ultimately ended up happening here. And so one example, maybe if I were to go down the path of following a similar path for active campaign, and I've got a couple videos about active campaign, like, Hey, here's a demo. Here's like a snapshot inside of my account. And, you know, there's a, you know, a handful of blog posts about how to do certain things and how to set up certain automations, but like to go really far into that and hit their highest, you know, referral partner tier and, you know, collect these referring, recurring commissions and it grows as people's lists grow. It's, um, you know, maybe it would be another example of like a, a potential product to go there. And, you know, maybe bonus points if you can be an early adopter or if you're kind of on the front end of that, because as time goes on, more and more people start talking about it and, you know, they may push you down in the ranks. So software product, something with, you know, attractive commissions and you know maybe something that you're on the earlier uh, side of things if uh, if that exists right right and i would also say another thing is i want to be able to build a relationship with the creator right I, you know i mentioned i did have a relationship with josh before he he built it but pretty much 
all of the affiliate products that I've promoted since then, you know, the, the Thrivecard example is one of a handful that I've done very similar things with. And I've always had a goal of, I want to get to know the person behind the product. I want to be able to jump on a call with them and talk to them. And when I created a blog about Thrivecart and a YouTube channel about Thrivecart, it was highly beneficial to be able to talk to the creator and say, hey, what's coming down the pipeline? What 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 features are coming next week that maybe I can hint at? You know, so being able to build a relationship, you know, some of these larger enterprise companies, you're probably never going to be able to talk to the person behind it. You know, so that that was another thing that really I think made the Thrivecart promotion do so well was that existing relationship that I was able to create with the, the founder. Yeah, people are going over to AppSumo now to see what software deals are over there. So you <laughs> say, hey, that, that might check some of these boxes. But the other piece of it is the longevity and staying power of that tool where, you know, if it's a single person company, is it going to be supported long term? Like there's lots of risk factors there. So trying to balance all that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, with, with Josh, again, the, the relationship made me comfortable with what he was doing and he had a long term vision and a roadmap for it. So, you know, that's definitely a factor is the longevity of it. But it's technology. So you never totally know. Right. It's everything gets disrupted eventually. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you send this out to your existing audience. Say, hey, I found this cool new tool. I know the founder stopped paying monthly. It's a one off purchase. It starts to get a little bit of traction and positive response, positive feedback from that. What what happens next? Yeah, so mail the I mail the product. It gets some good response. Uh, Josh contacts me and goes, "Hey, what are you doing? This is doing really well." And I went, "Oh, I just I just mailed my list to it." Um, and so that that was kind of phase one. But then phase two to really step it up a notch was I wanted to start adding some bonuses, right? Because as more affiliates discovered the product and more affiliates started to promote this product, I wanted to give them a reason to buy it through my link as opposed to one of these other affiliate links. So that was probably the next phase for me was let's put something additional, some sort of reason to get it through my affiliate link versus others. And when it comes to bonuses, I usually like to create three different types of bonuses. I like to create what I call the shoring up bonus, which is, all right, if I look at this product, what is one thing that I think could use? What's one thing that's maybe a, a, a hole or a gap with this product? Can I create a bonus that fills that gap? So that's usually what I try to do. The other one is some sort of... Uh, well, what, what was it in this case? Sorry to interrupt. Um, so hold on, let me actually pull up what my actual bonuses were for it so I could remember. So on this one, I actually did some done-for-you marketing templates. I actually created some existing landing pages and some templates that people can use because the original Thrivecart was just, here's your checkout page. So with mine, I went and created some templates and said, here's the, the checkout page that worked best for me. Take the guesswork out of it. You don't even have to think about it. Use these templates, right? So that, that was kind of my, uh, my bonus with that. The second one would be the uh, personal touch bonus, where, like I said, if I can build a relationship with the creator, I want to sort of show that off in my bonuses. So typically I would do an interview with the creator of the product. I would ask them what features are coming, what features they're most excited about, what features people are talking about aren't talking about enough, things like that. And I would just, I would get this interview content out and, you know, it adds additional credibility to the promotion, right? So if, if, if I'm showing, Hey, I have an interview with the creator of this and here's what he says is the best way to use it. People go, okay, he's connected to the creator. He's not going to just disappear overnight. This, you know, this, this is legit, right? So I actually, over the years, 
did four interviews with Josh and just kind of stacked all of those in as my bonuses over time. It started with one, but over time I did more and added them in. So that was sort of the personal touch bonus. And then I always like to do a case study. I want to show people that I use this tool myself. This is something that I use and here's how I use it. So that would be the third bonus was I created a case study of how I launched my own product with Thrivecart and the results that I got from my product. And here's the landing pages I use. Here's the copy I use. Here's the pricing I use. And I just break down a case study of my own promotion. And I've tried to replicate that sort of three bonus model for pretty much every affiliate product I've gone deep on since then. Okay. Yeah, I've heard it referred to as the bonus sandwich. And maybe this is like a Derek Halper thing from back in the day, where it's like, if if the product is the meat of the sandwich, like the bread is kind of like the before bonus, like what would somebody need to get ready to use this product? You know, maybe they're not quite there yet. And then the other slice of bread is like, well, what happens afterwards? Like, how do you, how do you get the most out of it? How do you make it taste the best? Or so like all these different like condiments to put on there. Yeah, no, that's a great analogy. Uh, so I like that opportunity and I'm trying to do the same thing with a handful of products. Like, hey, I'll send you my productivity journal. Hey, I'll give you access to this, uh, you know, companion course that I have, like stuff like that. Just trying to, uh, again, if lots of people are promoting the same thing, hey, give give people a reason to buy it through my link instead mm-hmm. and like have a value add there. Because it's like once it's created, there's no incremental cost to you. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And then the, the, another bonus that I did add in over time, this actually came a little bit later down the road was here's how you can actually get an ROI from your purchase of Thrivecart. Thrivecart costs $600. I'm going to show you some ways that you can use it to try to get your money back as quick as possible. And that's just another bonus to sort of ease the pain of the purchase as well. Okay. Cool. What happens after that? So people react well to these things. Is this, have you gone to the point of building out? the uh, the blog, the YouTube channel at this point yet? Or is this kind of still for your existing audience? This was still for the existing audience. I think the next phase after that was we built a Facebook group. So I went and created a, a Facebook group called Thrivecart Power Users. And the idea there was I wanted to get a group of people that were using Thrivecart already, but also people that were exploring Thrivecart. I wanted to give access to people that were still in that pre purchase mode of, is this for me? Is this something that I want? So Thrivecart Power Users was sort of designed to get both of those groups in there. And I, I, I kind of stole that idea from a guy named Jason Henderson, who was doing something very similar with Active Campaign. actually. Oh, okay. He, he actually had a Facebook group around Active Campaign users. I can't remember the name of the group at this point, but um, I saw him doing that and went, oh, that's really smart. I think I could do that with Thrivecart. And so I created a Facebook group around Thrivecart and started inviting people that I knew were already using Thrivecart into the group and then also going and mailing my list saying, hey, if Thrivecart is something you're thinking about getting into but don't know, come check out this group. This is people all talking about Thrivecart and what their thoughts are and showing you use cases. So now I had a community of people who loved Thrivecart talking about why they loved it. And then, of course, in the, you know, the banner at the top of the Facebook group, it said interested in getting Thrivecart. And then it had, you know, get thrivecart.com slash power users or something like that to go in and, and get it through the link that I had. Yeah. And so not only you're inviting your own people, but if people are searching Thrivecart on Facebook, a top five search engine, they're likely finding, you know, maybe they're looking for reviews, maybe they're looking for just information about the company and people's experience. Oh, they find the group too. They request to join and good things happen from that. Another, another entry point into the sales funnel here. 
Exactly, exactly. And then what I was actually doing for a little bit, but it got it started to get overwhelming was I was actually following up with people as I saw them join the group. So Facebook had a feature where you can ask questions as people are joining the group before letting them into the group. So I would ask the question, do you already own Thrivecart? Yes or no. And then if they said um, no, what I would do is I would actually hit them up in a DM on Facebook and say, hey, you know, do you have any questions about Thrivecart? And I was almost like becoming a pre-sales support support person for Thrivecart a little bit to to find out why they haven't purchased yet. And then if I can help them make the decision, then I would. And then, of course, I would use my affiliate link and they, you know, very transparent about it. But they were always happy to use my affiliate link if I helped them make a decision. Right. Yeah. Really going, you know, for the commission that you're earning saying, hey, it's worthwhile to put this extra effort into making the sale. Yep, absolutely. More with Matt in just a moment. But first, I want to share a tool that can save you time, money, and headache in your business. And that's our sponsor, FreshBooks. Let this be the year you put an end to the shoebox of receipts or the Excel spreadsheet methods of bookkeeping. It's a new year and it's time to get your business finances on solid ground. That's where FreshBooks comes in. It's the easy to use invoicing and accounting software that makes it simple to create great looking, professional, branded invoices and get paid fast. Plus, you'll be able to take advantage of their proposals tool, expense and time tracking, automated payments, and reports that give you a real-time snapshot of the health of your business. And how about some safety in numbers? Over 30 million people have used FreshBooks, and 94% of FreshBooks users say it's super easy to get up and running. Plus, with their award-winning support team, you're never alone. I want to invite Side Hustle Show listeners to take advantage of a special offer at freshbooks.com slash sidehustle. Over there, you'll get 90% off your FreshBooks subscription for four months. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle. And big thanks to FreshBooks for sponsoring the show. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So then you register GetThriveCart.com, which on the one hand, is a fantastic domain, but on the other hand, it seems risky. Like, is there trademark issues of like using the actual, you know, brand name of the company in the domain? Talk me through that process. That was another one where having a, the relationship with Josh of Thrivecart was beneficial because I was able to get his permission. Funny enough, I used to be an affiliate for AWeber and I had a, um, a I, I purchased the domain name, I think, 
getaweber.com or grabaweber.com, one of those. And I used that as my affiliate link and they did send me a cease and desist and told me <laughs> to stop using that domain name. So it is definitely a delicate balance, but I, I had the blessing and the permission of Josh from Thrivecart to use it. He actually dubbed me a Thrivecart certified consultant or, or something like that and, and gave me the permission to use it. So that is something that you got to ask. If I, if I was going to do it again, I don't necessarily think that's totally necessary. Back when I registered the domain, the domain name had a much bigger impact on SEO than it does today. The point there being if people search Thrivecart, ideally the main Thrivecart link would be the top search result, but then get Thrivecart would be the second to top search result. And now the domain name seems to have a little bit less pull in the in the rankings. So I think it's less of a necessity to grab the actual domain name. Yeah, you could have, you know, a similar sounding, if that gets the point across, like, you know, shopping cart right. crew or, I don't know, like you see it with like Lego, like, oh, don't include Lego in your name, but you can call it like, you know, Brick Buddies or something. Like, you know, there's a different ways around to kind of convey that same feeling without um, that potential issue. But if you do have that positive relationship with the company itself and and ask, uh, ask permission in this case, rather than um, go through the effort and expense of building something out on land that is eventually going to get pulled out from under you. Right, right. Yeah. So that that relationship was was the biggest thing. And again, I don't think it's as important to get that domain name as as it once was. You know, if I was doing it today, I would say like you can even get something like bestshoppingcart.com or something like that. And it would get the same idea across. Is this just a landing page? You start creating dedicated, uh, you know, Thrivecart themed content for the site. Yeah, so it started as a landing page just to show off the bonuses, right? So the the original getthrivecart.com was a video of here's the bonuses I've been working on and uh, my affiliate link. And that's that's what it started as. But then I started to notice that it was ranking in, in Google and I wanted to rank for more Thrivecart related keywords in Google. So then I converted it into a WordPress blog. And whenever a new feature would roll out around Thrivecart, I would make a quick blog post about, hey, here's the a new feature that just came out today. And I would just do a quick write up on that feature. And I almost became Thrivecart's content marketing strategy because at the time, Thrivecart didn't have a blog of their own. They had a sales page and you can purchase and then you can get in. So I was just kind of looking for gaps that Thrivecart wasn't doing themselves in their marketing and they weren't doing any content marketing. They weren't doing any advertising, which we'll get to in a few minutes, I'm sure, but they weren't doing, they weren't doing any content marketing at all. So even when new features rolled out, they would mail their list and say, hey, here's a new feature we just rolled out. But that was it. You you know, if you didn't know about Thrivecart, you wouldn't find out about that feature <laughs> in any other way. So I just started becoming their content marketing person, right? I just started doing the content marketing for them of what, if I was their company, what would I do from a marketing standpoint? And in this case, it was blog and show cool use cases of these new features that they're rolling out. And so that's what it became. It started to to shift into this blog of here's a cool new feature. Here's a cool new feature. And here's a cool use case that maybe you haven't thought of. And I just started cranking out content on it. And then what I started doing was I started running advertising to it using Google search ads. And the way I ran advertising to it was I basically did the broad keyword of Thrivecart. So if somebody searched Thrivecart 
my ad would show up no matter what they searched. But inside of Google ads, Google ads would show you what people actually searched for. So let's say somebody searched for Thrivecart pricing, Thrivecart alternative, Thrivecart versus X competitor. And so I was able to log into my Google ads account and start to see exactly what people were searching for around Thrivecart because I was doing this broad keyword targeting. And that just gave me data on what I could make blog posts about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have not used AdWords in that way, but I love that kind of guerrilla grassroots market research. I mean, you can get the same data from keyword tools, but like that's really interesting. It's say, oh, here's, uh, I'm already getting clicks. People are interested in this stuff. If I create the dedicated post on that topic, then I don't have to pay for those clicks anymore. So exactly. It gets even better. <laughs> I wanted to ask, and you know, maybe running ads to it is is the answer. But the thought process between creating this dedicated site or just kind of creating a a subcategory on MattWolf.com or on Evergreen Profits or on Hustle and Flowchart, like all these different projects, but like just creating you know a little silo of content about this versus no, it's it's really going to be more beneficial to live on its own separate domain. Yeah, I mean, at this point. I just wanted to really go all in. So with Thrivecart, it it was generating some really, really good sales months. It, it pretty quickly became my largest income stream in my business. And so I kind of had this thought process of if this was my product and I was the one who was selling it, what would what would I do? What would I do to go all in on this? And to me, that wasn't put it on mattwolf.com or, or put it on our evergreenprofits.com blog that we used to have. It was, I would make a site dedicated to this product. So that was the thought process is what would I do if this was my own product? What marketing strategies would I go for if this was my own product? Treat it like I was the, you know, the, the, the leader, the CEO of this product. And I was the head of marketing or, or whatever. That was the, the thought process behind it, really. Did Josh, did the company itself, they just didn't want to take the risk on paid traffic. So now it's like, well, shoot, if we could get a conversion for 150 bucks, that's, that's cheaper than paying Matt 300. Like what's, uh, I'm curious about that part. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't really speak for Josh too much, but so Josh is definitely a product guy. You know, he likes UI UX. He wants to, um, he wants to just build a better product. And if he can just be heads down all the time thinking, how do I make this product better? How do I make this product better? That's his ideal world to be in. Right. So that's why he really went in the direction of let's make this something that's very affiliate focused. Let's, let's let the affiliates do the work of the marketing. And then I can just be the guy who continues to make a better and better product. And so, you know, I happen to know that that's pretty much Josh's philosophy and, um, you know, it worked out well for me. <laughs> yeah. You do see that with some programs in their terms and conditions, like, Hey, under no circumstance will we be allowed to bid on our keyword. In fact, if you are running paid campaigns, you need to add our uh, brand name as a negative match term. Again, to have that relationship with the founder is something that makes uh, a lot of sense in that case. So now you're getting organic traffic to the site thanks to the content that you've posted. You're getting paid traffic to the site thanks to the AdWords campaign. And what what happens? Like somebody converts right away. Obviously, that's best case scenario. They claim all their bonuses. Do you have an automated way to deliver those, by the way? Or is that kind of like, hey, me message me after the fact and I'll send you the file or whatever? Yeah. So in the beginning, it was manual. I did have a, hey, email me at this email address and I'll send you the file. And then I went a little bit more automated with it where I put the bonuses inside of Teachable. And then if somebody purchased, then I would... 
I'm trying to remember how I did it. They actually received an email with, here's how you get access to it in Teachable. But long story short, eventually Josh added in the feature to Thrivecart to automatically deliver bonuses. So, you know, several years ago, he added in the feature where if somebody bought through your affiliate link in the receipt email, it would also link them to where they can access your bonuses. So in that affiliate back end, I was able to add a link to my bonuses. And then if they bought through my affiliate link, they would get delivery of them. So that's how it's been set up for the last several years. But it was very, very manual in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, depending on the product, you don't always get that conversion information to be able to pass along. And so it's a lot of like, well, forward me your confirmation receipt or something, and then I'll send this or my assistant will send this over to you. And it's, yeah, if there's a way to automate that, I think that's really cool. Okay. And then on the page itself, you mean you're treating it like a standalone website. So it's got complete, like with the email opt-in offer and what was the uh, what was the lead magnet that you had there yeah so in the beginning it was the perfect landing page is what i called it and it was a basically just a pdf where i took a screenshot of a landing page that was converting well for me and then i kind of drew arrows on it and said i put this here for these reasons and i put this here for this reason and it was sort of an explanation of why this landing page was sort of the most ideal optimized landing page and that was the bonus that I ran or not the bonus, the lead magnet on the website that I ran with for several years. And only recently I changed it to one that I call online business in a day, which was a, so Josh added in a feature where you can actually build your entire membership site inside of Thrivecart as well. So now you can actually have, you know, almost like a teachable style members area inside of Thrivecart. And when he did that, I made a bonus called online business in a day, which shows you how to build a course and host it on Thrivecart and sell it through Thrivecart. And that's the lead magnet that I've been running with for probably the last year and a half or so. Okay. Shoot, I got to take another look at it because I'll pay Teachable every month. <laughs> it's like, what's the, what's the alternative? Yeah. Uh, cool. And so somebody, uh, they download the lead magnet and now you have email that you can do remarketing to or you can follow up and say like, did you buy yet? Are you a customer yet? And kind of like split, I don't know, decision tree. You know, they get this content. If they're already a customer, they get this content. If they're not a customer, what was that follow up sequence like? Yeah, so I was using Active Campaign where you can do some of that tagging, right? Where if they are a customer, they get this sequence. If they're not a customer, they get this sequence. But the problem was I didn't always know if people were a customer, right? So it wasn't a hundred percent foolproof because I wasn't, you know, getting all the data back if they were a customer or not until later on that some of those features did get added into Thrivecart. But what would happen was they'd get on the email sequence, and because I had this blog where I was talking about all the cool features and all the cool use cases, I pretty much had you know, 30, 40 different concepts that I can email about because I had all this content on the blog. So I had, you know, case studies on the blog. I had interesting use cases of Thrivecart that most people didn't think of on the blog. I had, you know, comparisons of Thrivecart versus, you know, other competitor tools on the blog. And so now when people got on the email list, I wasn't just kind of hitting them hard with, hey, you haven't bought Thrivecart yet? Here's the link. You haven't bought Thrivecart yet? (laughs) No, I wasn't doing that. What I was doing was I was trying to become a valuable resource to them around Thrivecart and sort of pre-sell them a little bit. Hey, if you're still on the fence, here's something that I bet you didn't know it can do. Here's a cool feature. Here's a case study of something that worked well for somebody else on Thrivecart. Go check out this blog post. So I was linking them back to the content on the blog. And of course, every blog post had my affiliate link in it, but the content was sort of doing the selling. The email was just driving them to the content. Gotcha. Gotcha. What was the cadence of how frequently those went out after somebody signed up? 
So I did it daily for the first 10 days. It was a daily sequence of here's something new you can do. Here's a cool case study here. And so that was about a 10 day sequence. And then after that, I think they probably started to space out every four or five days. And then there was maybe 15 or 20 emails in the entire sequence. And then after that, I would just hit some broadcasts from time to time when I had an idea of something that I can email about. Yeah. So kind of front loading that sequence, which makes sense. Like, hey, you know, they were in the headspace of researching this purchase decision when they landed on the site. And, or, and so like, okay, if we can get somebody off the fence early on, that uh, that makes sense. Cause exactly. I, yep. Sometimes it's like, you know, I email them, you know, once a week for 12 weeks. It's like, well, by, you know, the third email, they forgot who you are. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's really cool. What else went on in this promotion? You mentioned maybe some video content. Yeah, so we, I actually created a YouTube channel also called Thrivecart Power Users just to kind of stick with the same branding from the Facebook group. And so whenever I would make uh, whenever a new feature would come out, same thing, I would make a new YouTube video, talk about the feature. I would make videos about case studies. Uh, my partner, Joe, he made a video about how to build a checkout cart in six minutes. And he actually put a timer up on the screen and walked through the process of building a checkout cart in, in a six minute window. And we just started making various YouTube YouTube videos about Thrivecart, putting them on this YouTube channel, and then also embedding them on the blog. And then when these new videos would come out, we would also go and mail the sort of lead list that we had for Thrivecart. And so, yeah, we had the YouTube channel growing and the blog posts growing. And then it was just kind of, we just wanted to be everywhere. If somebody was on YouTube and they searched Thrivecart, we wanted to be there. If you were on Google and you searched Thrivecart, we wanted to be there. And then we also did Facebook retargeting. So if they visited our blog, they visited any of the content on the blog, we would have Facebook ads that would retarget them and say, you know, are you thinking about buying Thrivecart? I just wanted to remind you what our bonuses were and then link them off to our bonus page. Yeah, hey, I think an important note here is uh, I'm at the Thrivecart Power Users YouTube channel only a thousand subscribers to this channel. It's not a huge, you know, it's not a YouTube celebrity influencer channel by any means. The most popular video has 11,000 views. But if one viewer who happens to click the thing is worth $300, like it doesn't take that many views to, uh, to make this worthwhile. Right. And it's not really necessarily a channel that we would expect a lot of subscribers for, right? It's a channel that kind of they're looking for a question. It solves one problem and, you know, they get the answer to their problem. I, I probably wouldn't subscribe to a channel like that unless I was really, really <laughs> into Thrivecart, right? I, I don't need to see videos in my feed about Thrivecart all of the time. But if I was searching for a problem related to Thrivecart or if I wanted to know if Thrivecart had a feature, I would search it, find our channel for it. And, you know, get the solution to my question, but not necessarily want to subscribe to it. So it's not so super unexpected to, you know, have a smaller subscribe to channel, but still have a higher view count on the videos. Yeah. Now, starting over today, would you still do the Facebook group thing or would you say, like, join my Slack channel, join my Discord or something like that? (laughs) Yeah, the Facebook group, I'm not sure if I would do it again. It worked out really well when I was doing a lot of follow up with people. So people would, you know, join the group, say they didn't have Thrivecart yet, and then I would follow up. That was really, really effective, but it was just not scalable, right? We uh, we eventually actually hired somebody that would keep an eye on it and respond, but she wasn't quite as... uh, motivated to sell them as we were. So it wasn't yeah. quite the, the conversion rate wasn't quite the same when we did that. You know, I, I, I do think there's value to building a community around it. Discord is something that I've played around with a little bit now. I almost think that 
there might be more value to like a discord community than a Facebook community. If you're really, really into a specific product, but it's hard to say, cause I'm not a big Facebook guy. I, I went two years without ever getting on Facebook and just in the last month started using Facebook a little bit more again, because I wanted to tell people about my future tools site that I've been building. And so I'm not a big Facebook user. So I tend to live in my own bubble about what's working right now and what's not based on what I'm seeing. And a lot of where I've been spending more time lately has been discord. So if I was to do it again, I would probably build a discord community and drive people over there and have communication there. Right. The tools are going to change over time, but the broader strategies kind of remain the same, like a gathering place for users of this tool or prospective users of this tool. I think that makes sense. Yeah. And also a place where I can, you know, curate the content we're creating. Right. So that was another benefit of having the Facebook group is when we did make a new video or we did make a new blog post, we'd go into the group and say, hey, here's something new that we just put out around Thrivecart. The group would sort of give it a nice little pop right when we put it out. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Was there an inflection point in terms of traffic or commissions where you were like, I'm really excited about this thing. <laughs> like, let's, like, I'm curious if it was just kind of, you know, slow and steady, linear growth, or was there a, a moment where it popped? I would say when we started running Google ads was the moment where we really started to see a big turnaround on it was when we we started running Google ads to some of the content. Actually, we weren't even running Google ads straight to an affiliate link or anything like that. We were running Google ads to content about here's a cool new feature Thrivecart just put out. Here's, you know, Thrivecart versus at the time, Samcart was a big competitor. Here's an a article about Thrivecart versus Samcart. And we would run uh, Google ads to some of that content. And that was when we really, really started to, to see things pick up some momentum because now we started to get data on what content people were searching for so that we can create more blog posts about it, more YouTube videos about it. And then also, you know, Google just can drive a really a lot of traffic if you get the right keywords. Yeah. Did you have a target you were shooting for in terms of ad spend ROI there? Uh, I wouldn't say we had a specific target that we were shooting for. Like we were getting, I think a six X return. So every dollar we put in, we were getting about $6 out. We were pretty happy with that. And that was fairly early on. Right. So I think within 48 hours of turning on our first Google ads, we really started to see some, some momentum with them. And then there was a turning point where the SEO was actually driving more sales than the Google ads were, but that was after, after quite a bit of time. Yeah, as the domain starts to season and build up authority and all that jazz, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there was almost like a, a kind of a, a scale tipping thing where we went heavy on Google ads, but then over time, the SEO kind of tipped the scale. And now I don't even run Google ads to it anymore. So 
yeah, if you're going to be at the top of the search results anyways, like, hey, we don't, why, yeah. why are we paying for this traffic? Okay. <laughs> what surprised you the most? Because this promotion has been running now for five, six, seven years. It's been going for a long time. Anything, what surprised you the most over that time? I think what surprised me the most is that it's still running seven <laughs> years later, actually. Um, no, I, th- I think Google Ads was something that I was always really scared to play around with, right? I, I I messed with Facebook ads. I felt like I had decent control over it. And for a long time, I always avoided Google Ads. I don't know why. Uh, I couldn't tell you. But then I actually moved into an office um, I, a buddy of mine that lives here in San Diego had an office space available. He said, Hey, do you want to rent this space for me? I moved in. Well, this buddy happens to be a Google ads expert who runs Google ads for a bunch of companies and, you know, crazy ad spends. And so I moved into an office with him. And the first day I moved in, he's like, why aren't you running Google ads to this? And I'm like, cause I don't know what I'm doing. And so, uh, he, he kind of showed me this, this technique of using Google ads to do your research for you, run these broad keywords, see what people are searching for, make content around that, run ads to that content. And so he kind of taught me that strategy and I, you know, kind of blew my mind and really, really quickly after starting to run ads, I was seeing some results on it and early on, nobody else was advertising on it. And we definitely kind of hit a wave with it that, that I wasn't expecting and, and Google ads were scary for me. That's really interesting. That that was my like background. That was my like original online business thing was paid traffic through Google. And it's like, this is the greatest advertising in the world. Like you can put your message in front of people who are looking for the exact thing you have to sell versus messing around with Facebook. And well, what, what kind of psychographic targeting are we really thinking is our ideal customer here? So I think it makes uh, a lot of sense. And I've got some homework because I just have one small campaign running now. But yeah, I haven't dove into those specific keywords because there's a lot of kind of broad match stuff that they end up showing you think well okay what are people really looking for we'll go and uh, start to build some more content uh, around that well matt this has been awesome i know you get the future tools.io project cataloging all of the awesome ai tools that are coming out we'll have to do uh, another breakdown on some ai side hustles that there might be some opportunity in for this year but what else has got you excited yeah, I mean, honestly, I've really gone deep on the AI tools. That's that's pretty much where my head is at these days is, is playing around with the AI tools. Um, my YouTube channel, I'm really, really excited about making videos. Over the last year, I worked with a guy who worked in live TV production for ESPN and Microsoft and did UFC fights and Seattle Seahawks games and Mariners games. And so he was this production live TV guy, and he taught me a, a ton of stuff about video production. So I've been just going really ham on on learning how to get better at video production and working on my YouTube channel. So my my two loves right now are AI and making cool videos. <laughs> it'll get to the point where you just give give it a prompt and it'll spit the video back out. For you, <laughs> I know maybe. it's getting there quickly. <laughs> well, that's the Future Tools YouTube channel. Definitely check him out over there. FutureTools.io. He's got a really fun site to toggle around, play around. Well, I'm looking for help in this area. Future Tools will help you find it. Matt, again, this has been awesome. Uh, Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Don't have to be affiliate related, just whatever entrepreneurial wisdom that you'd like to impart. Sure. Yeah, I I feel like this is fairly cliche, but um, for me, it's build something that I wish that I had myself, right? When it comes to Thrivecart, there was nobody else out there talking about Thrivecart. You couldn't find a lot of information about it. So I built what I wished I had for Thrivecart. When it came to future tools, same thing. I went and built something. I wanted to know about all these AI tools. I was looking for them. I was trying to find out everything I could. So I built a tool that I wish I had. 
and then be my own biggest fan of it. That was something I've always been scared to do is self promote. Right. I, but when I started getting on Twitter and saying, look what I built and I got on Facebook and said, look what I built, I got so much more love than I expected. So, you know, build something you wish you had and then be your own biggest fan of it. I love that. And that's the origin story of the side hustle show in a lot of ways. This was the show I wanted to listen to in 2013 and it's been, it's been fun. So I really appreciate that advice. Just a couple notes that I took during the call you know, obviously this promotion uh, strategy really starts with finding the right product, and the right partner, where it's going to be hopefully a long-term relationship where things are really in alignment. Like, like Matt mentioned, the Josh, the product founder really wanted to focus on the product itself and, you know, relied on affiliate partners like Matt to really be the marketing channel for that. I loved all the bonuses. Like really make it a no brainer. Like, like if you're going to get this thing, you might as well get it through my link. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Plus you get this whole laundry list of different bonuses, how to use the tool better, smarter, faster, all that stuff. And then casting a net, not all at once, but being everywhere over the course of time. If people are searching Facebook, if people are searching Google, if people are searching on YouTube, they're going to find Matt and they're going to hopefully buy through his link instead of anybody else's. So again, big thanks to Matt for sharing his insight, futuretools.io, find him over there. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.